Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits coming at you from the Recycle Garage in Cold of Ball, Santa Cruz, California. Uh, we got a fairly sizable house tonight. We got who we have tonight. We have Liza. Hello, world. Yeah. Oh. Don't, don't look at me when you say that. I feel oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hello, world. Okay. <laughs> well, that's tentative. Uh, Jim. We got Jim tonight. Can you throw him over your shoulder like a continental soldier? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Emma. Your balls hang low. <laughs> Emma, darling. Hello, darlings. Yes, Dom. Hey, Ollie, I'm still here. <laughs> Isaac. I'm Michael Kane. All right. <laughs> Are one. you really? <laughs> I am. We got Matt. Don't look her in the eyes. <laughs> it's, it's shit. Tyson. It makes me pretty moist. Oh, boy. And Jeremy. Hello, hello. That's okay. That's what we got going it's on. It's a pretty. That's it. We're done. You guys have a good night. Uh, you can reach us at Recycle Motorcycle Garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we have Zach for that. The yeah. Zach bot. Yeah, for yeah. That. Oh. Zach bot. Zach two thousand. <laughs> so um, we've had the pleasure this week of having Dom here with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a British invasion, bro. It's been a British awesome. invasion. He's, he's extremely well groomed. Oh. He's got very nice hair. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> You know, the more you say that, the more it cheapens the value. No, it doesn't. No, he, does, he is very well groomed. Have you he seen Josh, Josh Rashmussen? That guy's well groomed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, in a very confusing twist, uh, earlier this week we recorded a podcast that will be released on Christmas. So, even though tonight's the first time you're going to be hearing from Dom, he already recorded another podcast where we got to know him. So, you'll get to know him. Why are you, why are you, <laughs> no, why are you spoiling the magic? This is the confusing radio, magic. man. They don't need to know that shit. No, because um, we usually do a get to know with people, so I wanted to let everyone know there is a get to know next yeah. week. But for now, I just want to hear, Dom, how has your week with the Misfits been? It's been good. It's been disorganized, but I think that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but no, lots of writing. Only one day of, like, unbelievable rain. That was... So you came into Southern California, and then you borrowed a bike and yeah. rode up here in inclement weather. Mm. <laughs> no, it was good. <laughs> or, or as you'd call it, summer in London. Yeah, it was fine. It was like <laughs> minus two when I left. And, yeah, so Wait, what is Celsius. that? Celsius. Cold. It's like 27. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 high yeah, 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, you've been uh, tooling around on a KLR650. Mm-hmm. It's been good. It's been doing its best to like shake all of its bolts off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what KLRs do, darling. Yeah. Now I worked around today with like, uh, what do you guys call it? The Araldite, the, the JB Weld. And just <laughs> yeah, JB yeah. welded all of the bolts back in, basically. <laughs> I hope you're not JB welding bolts. Loctite? No, no, win- Loctite. The, win- the, win- the windscreen nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to JB weld those on because I made those up. <clears throat> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've done a couple rides while you were here. Mm, and quite a few. Uh, you and Quiet Matt, uh, mm. yesterday you went for a ride Yeah. up in the hills. Yeah, we Sweet. headed towards Alice's, right? Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> but first you stopped here because I came out into the side room and I found a pair of pants in there. <laughs> when isn't there a pair of pants in there? <laughs> or a half-naked so how, guy? How was your ride? Cold. 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 And sketchy. <laughs> you tell it, Matt. You were in front. What roads yeah. did you take? <laughs> okay, well, we started at Empire Grade, um, felt an Empire 9, 
and then we were going up to Big Basin, you know, on the 230, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. 236. Uh-huh. No shit. Well, right and after the rains. So those are brave yeah. men. <laughs> we, so this was Saturday. It stopped raining on Friday. So I figured, you know, it'd probably be dry. There'd be some wet patches here and there. So I, I think for people that don't know, these are mountain roads up in the yeah. Santa Cruz Mountains, and we just had an ass load of rain roll through. The problem They're about as wide as the average Goldwing. And stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and stuff ends up in the roadway after Or oh, just the size it's, of it's, an av- average yeah. English road. So. It's, it's not only that. Like, Felton Empire is a twisty road going downhill, but it's surrounded by huge trees that just constantly cast the road in shadow. Mm-hmm. So even though it was it a whole... It doesn't dry. Yeah, yeah, it just does not dry. And not only that, there was a lot of roads or a lot of corners were like right at the apex, consistently right at the <laughs> apex. There'd just be like huge rocks. Yeah. Um, and go ahead. I was in like chunks of bark, but like bark chunks out here are like rocks. <laughs> They're fucking huge. Redwood, yeah, yeah, redwood. Redwood yeah. bark. Those are the baby trees that didn't make not it. Not to be fucked with. <laughs> And not only that, we'd be riding, and it'd be like a little damp, patches of dry, whatever, and then we'd come around a corner, and there'd just be streams. Just right, like yeah. loads of water just draining <laughs> off, and it would just be like inch deep of water. But you're stoked, because like, there'd be little pebbles and gravel yeah. in it, too. You're like, yeah. oh, great. So, <laughs> we, were, we were sort of weathering through that, but it well, was... What was your initial plan? Alice's. Was to make it to Alice's. Yeah. 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 How, we got, how far did you get? <laughs> like... like 20 miles, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Wait, you made it to Boulder Creek? Yeah. 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 A little breakfast. Yeah. There's like breakfast. Yeah. Let's stop. Pretty much. Um, cool ride, yeah. though, nonetheless. It was Gas station peanuts. <laughs> no, we found the, a good um, cafe, actually. The, well, uh, okay. The and wet Matt, I can see why you may be a little hesitant, because <laughs> earlier this week we talked about, yeah. on the podcast that's coming next week, about your new bike. Yeah. And, well, we'll save it so everyone can hear about what happened to your new bike. But let's just say you're a little bit hesitant to take many risks. Right <laughs> so you you did get to hit the hills, and you got to see what our hills are like that's here. Fucking awesome. And good riding we yeah. have. Um, also, you did another type of riding <laughs> yesterday. So, Jim and I, we went dirt biking. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You Sl- mean swamping? We went slogging. Yeah. Slogging. And uh, we had been up and down the hill, having a good time. Um, and <laughs> I'll tell... You know, Char- Char- Jim, Charlie knew about this, too. I, I said, yeah, we, we went through this big puddle there puddle though he went oh over by the lake yeah <laughs> i was like what how lake? did you know he discovered it too so um yeah adrian knew about it up at the top of the the mountain on this trail there's a, it's a small small lake like a, a fishing pond kind of mm-hmm. size and there was a little trail going around the you know a little volunteer tear trail around the outside of it so i'll just oh, go I know there what you're talking about yeah. oh and there's puddles and i hate the puddles and mud but i just kind of uh, uh, kept going then i did the last one and it was wide enough it covered the entire road and uh the path which is like six feet long. yeah not but, that you know, wide it was chill covering the whole thing i stopped and i kind of sized it up and i was like oh okay should i go to the left should i go to the right should i go to the center i'll go a little to the left and i get a couple a couple feet in well let me if- hold on you can't whisper guys Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, am I on mute still? No. Okay. Um, Sit down and take a bath. Uh, so I get in a couple feet, and then suddenly my front wheel just dives down oh, about no. two feet. Shit. 
Surprise, and, motherfucker. It's totally like, and then you're like this, oh, shit, don't stall, don't stall. So I was like, gun, go, 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 go. Okay, was there a point where you got, you're going like, oh, I, I think I'm, I'm going to keep going? Or did it just stop at two feet? You're like, okay, good. No, well, just, just your, like, your, my front wheel just dove down, and yeah. I just immediately I was like, oh shit, don't stop, just yeah. go. Yeah. And so I got out of there, and Jim stopped because he's like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. well, I'm watching because I because we we both. I mean, we mud in a straight line. I'm good with, but mud turns and all that kind of shit. Not so much, but we're having a good time, and we're going through these puddles like three inches, maybe the deep, maybe a foot at one point. We went through one, and Liza's going through this last yeah. one. It looked like every other one. <laughs> There could have been a fucking water buffalo in there. We wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. And Lysa's just doo-doo-doo, and it went immediately from about six inches to literally like two and a half feet straight <laughs> down. The bike just went all the way down to the seat. I was like, shit. But what I realized is if you're going to be successful at dirt biking, you have to have that um, reactive response of hitting the throttle. Yeah. Anytime you're dirt biking, I've noticed you get in trouble, hit the throttle, it all works out. So I think Eliza had that natural response of, fuck, throttle, and just rototilled her way out of it. It was pretty awesome, though. That's funny. So Jim stopped, and he's sizing it up. He decides. Are <laughs> you pansy? Just get, get He decides go. he's going to get off his bike and check it out. And he yeah. starts to kind of walk in there, and it's like, well, my three, shit stalled and wouldn't start inches, again, so it's time to kill. And then the next step, his boot went down, like it went up to his knee. <laughs> Holy it shit. It went over his boot. Yeah, it filled my boot with water. <laughs> oh, that's, that's rad. <laughs> so then he gets back on the bike, and he's like, all right. <clears throat> Yeah, let's go. Well, first he's like, I think maybe I'll go back the other way. I'm like, dude, there's like five bottles that way. (laughs) This is the last one you can do this. And so he just guns it. And, you know, he also had that, I know I can't stop. I just got to go. But he had a little too much speed. So that wave of water (laughs) (laughs) came up to about belly button height. Yeah, Basically, the the entire bike was behind a wave of water that's pretty awesome yeah but that, that's the thing if you're going to air dirt biking as hard as it is to commit you got to air on the side of speed air yep. on the side of throttle but i don't know we had a good time it was a lot of good riding and but once you got up out of the shade and out of the low stuff it was real like a nice thick sandy loam yeah, yeah. um but a lot of crazy ruts and a lot of shit like that i did some gopro video if we got a chance we'll post that online there was a rut so big Earlier that day, a guy fell down in it, got his hand caught in a rock, and had to cut his arm off to get out. <laughs> Literally. Wow. Blood was still yeah. on the trail. They already made a movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know Hollywood, they just jump on that stuff. But So we had a good ride, and so, when we were done, we're heading, heading back in. And here we see <laughs> the Wonder Twins. And I, I, I want to take a step back here, because what I absolutely admire about Dom is his... His enthusiasm, his love of motorcycling. <laughs> so he, since he's been out here, we're like, oh, he seems like a smart guy, well-organized and planned and thoughtful. And uh. no fucking way. It's like he's got this plan as he goes to bed at night, and he wakes up in the morning, blows it up, and does all sorts of shit. Because I think the plan that day was, did you ever make it to uh, Luke's? No. And ride the death bike? Oh, that's no. on the box. But yeah. they were going to ride up to Alice's in the morning for lunch and then turn around and meet us in Hollister to go dirt biking later in the day, which is more than you can do in one day. Yeah. But lo and behold, as Liza and I were wrapping up <laughs> our riding, what do we see? Here comes Luke and Quiet Matt, two up on the KLR, <laughs> riding up the road in Hollister. Quiet Matt wearing most of my gear. <laughs> 
my street gear. <laughs> Which is like a, a red bait robbed out mesh of the side room because <laughs> he didn't want to get his gear dirty. So he well, took I, some I, gear. I, no, he took some great. gear from the side room. I'm like, dude, you took my the jacket. only gear I had was a full tracksuit. Yeah, it would have been hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> what I thought was funny, I thought they just tooed up from the parking lot. No, no they tooed up from Santa Cruz. <laughs> Santa Cruz. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, that was, wow, that was sketchy as well. And that's yeah, awesome. and Matt took my summer mesh. Jacket. He was freezing. You, this was not very well planned out. He had wet gloves. But Dom had a smile on his face the entire time. Yeah, I was. I was so warm. when they got there, I was like, "Here, take my bike. Go, go off your <clears> ride." And Dom took that KLR six fifty and started hitting the hills with these guys riding that. So what I, I took your yellow like actual dirt bike. Yeah, the DLC. I was following him and he DLC was 400. Dom was going for it. He was actually like doing pretty good, you know, going pretty quick. We we get to this patch with the mud, and I see him go through it. The back end steps way out, and he like sticks his legs out. He's like he's about to eat shit. And I'm like, yeah. ah, look at that guy! And then I go through it and immediately do the exact same thing. I'm like whoa, stick the leg out. Nice. It was fun though. It was a good was, time. Was that your first do shit? Like, what did you think when you first pulled off onto that trail, Harmony like, Gate, this looks Nutshot like a- Junction? We call it. But yeah, when you first pulled <laughs> off, were you like, oh, this is chill? Like, cause you had you had just well, put on the, new I tires, missed, right? The, yeah, I put just put on fresh like eighty twenty road to kind of dirt. So. Which, what, what, what kind of what tires were they? Uh, uh, Kendra on the back and then something else on the front. Okay, but they were set up for street. Yeah. <laughs> so at first we were like, oh, cool, I can do this. Yeah, well, on the bit that's the, the kind of speed-limited road, I was like, this is a trail, and then I, we missed the turn because yeah, that was a the road. turn looks like a bank. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a four-foot bank you ride over <laughs> to get onto the Harmony, th- whatever it was. Yeah, um, but no, it, junction. It was, it was fun. I, you know, I, we only had, what, like two laps, so I was like, you got to make the most of it. Right. It was fun. And I didn't dump it, which was amazing. I was impressed. <laughs> I was even more impressed because once we got back, uh, they did have the vintage track open. Which, and it's, it's Liza's favorite track. On it's, the- it's my favorite track to send people on because it's the highest odds of them stacking but not getting hurt. Because it gets like it gets it's like the deep, slow. sloggy mud on that track. It was so thick. I sent them off on there and gleefully I sent them off, <laughs> hoping they would have a good story. And they came back. No, no dirt on them. I'm like, oh, go, go do it again. Yeah, <laughs> there was mud in my boots though. That was because they're my street boots. No, the fact you rallied that KLR through the vintage track and as thick as it was, and it was, it was everything from little hard pack to that sandy loam to thick mud and the whole thing. So he's a bad motherfucker, so, dude. Uh, you know, it was, it was a two-stroke, like twelve-year-old came around the inside, <laughs> like schooling me. Let me ask you this: What do you think of the KLR? Because the I KLR is a bike that they it. say can do everything, but it it's not can. great at anything. That's true. You did long distance. You did highway, freeway mm-hmm. touring. Yeah. You did tight carving mountain hills. Yeah. And you did an actual dirt, yeah. dirt park. So you're pretty, pretty I've, I've, happy I've with that. I seriously consider getting one of those if I could find it cheap in the UK. The only problem is that you just it. It's the tires. You're just constantly going to be compromising with the fucking tires. Yeah. So yeah. if you could have two wheel sets. And just swap them out. If you had that luxury, that would be the way to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, but even that's kind of a pain in the ass. That's a fucking pain in the ass, right? Too. Even I'm, I'm lucky. I got a, I've, I've got a lift. I got a workshop, so I could I could do that. But you know, if I could, I've always been a champion of the KLR, but it's a typical. It's one of the typical long-running Kawasaki's, mm. and to a certain extent, it's like your concourse, Liza. <laughs> they didn't change much. It rides that. like a thirty-year-old bike. Yeah, because it is a thirty-year-old bike. Yeah, I was I was looking at the shop manual. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. No, it it's just detail changes for the entire model yeah. run. So, 
what'll happen is it'll carry on maybe for another year or so, and then Kawasaki will do just a complete revamp of it. Yeah. Um, maybe they won't, as long as it makes the money. They still sell all the ones they can build. People are still fucking with the doohickey thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's like there's like a known design flaw that it's, they just they don't care about. No. <laughs> they have diesel yeah. ones, right? Oh, yeah, think diesel so, yeah. KLRs. Military grade, like multi-fuel. Those... <clears throat> Phil at Cleveland Moto love. has two. Really? Oh my god! I would love yeah. one of those. When the zombie apocalypse happens, mm. I'm yeah. going to Cleveland. <laughs> and I'm going to kill all of his friends. So I'll be <laughs> the only friend left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice try. How do you get your hands on this? Because like military auction. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm pretty sure that it is the cheapest way to get into a big bike. Still, mm. mm-hmm. if you, if you ignore the Chinese, you, the odd well, stuff. You're counting 650 as a big bike. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bike bike you can do serious distance on. Yeah. Yesterday, I I have little pingers, you know, that come up when a new Craigslist bike comes up. Sure. 2008 KLR, 800 miles, I think, in in Santa Cruz, I think 2,500 bucks. What? Yeah. Yeah. Really? He just just didn't want it. I I guess not, yeah. 800 miles. Well, that was the thing with this. Uh, This one only had 8,000 when I started with it. Wow. I think it's been through two two different guys who've owned it in Santa Cruz. The second one I borrowed it off, and I think I think you probably get a lot of guys who buy it. They're like, "Yeah, adventure bike. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do all this stuff," and then it just sat in the garage. Right, right. That's, yeah, because that's, that's that's English for garage, darling. Garage. Yeah. Your car hold. Garage. Garage. Car hold. What? Car car hold. What? Car hold. Well, no, hold. no, no. I think it's the car hold. <laughs> it could no, be a car hold. It, it, it's dumb. Americans say garage. Garage. American. Yeah, but garage. we say garage. Garage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's we right. say it properly, darling. Yeah. So, guess what time it is. What time is it, Liza? What time is it? Let me tell you. <clears throat> oh! Hey! It's time to play a round of What's It Worth? What? New Bike Edition! Woo-hoo. Porno edition. That's good. I thought it was like Harry Porn edition. Hey, let's get some <laughs> contestants down here, why don't we? Tonight, we're going to have, let's see... Knock! Come on down! Hey! Hey. Our next contestant tonight is going to be... Emma! Come on down! It's just fabulous to be here, darling. This is ridiculous. Hey! Let me tell you how this game works. Our host tonight is going to be Jim. Jim is going to... Jim is going to be telling you some new bikes. You have to guess what it's worth. (gasps) All right. I think we're ready to start this game. Now, Jim, you're going to name a bike. <clears throat> We're going to take turns. We're going to go from knock to Emma. We would like to welcome our international consultants this evening, our exotics <laughs> from lands afar. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the way this is going to work. So the, the first person, let's say the first game is going to be knock, knock. He's going to list a bike. You are going to have to guess as close as you can what the base retail value is on that bike. The MSRP. Then Emma. You would then say high or low. Those of us that like to gamble call it an over-under bet. I'm going to get my ass kicked by Emma's army. Cha-ching! No! Give me those royal checks. No, no. Give me those royalty um, checks. <laughs> so if the person guessing high or low guesses accurately, they get one point. If they do not guess accurately, the other contestant gets the point, And we'll yeah. see who wins at the end. <gasps> so again, tonight, our host is going to be Naked Jim. Take it away. So we will step off this evening with a nice simple one I think everyone's aware of. This mm. is a beautifully smooth running three-cylinder bike from Yamaha, the FZ09. 
Canyon. Okay. So, Nock, I will ask you to throw out a number. What do you think it's worth? The most. Uh, this is a 2017. Model. Everything's 2017 edition. Okay. It's either um, that or porn. So. I'm thinking uh, 8,500. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a lot of no's here. So, Peanut Gallery is welcome to chime in, either with or without correct information. It's radio. We I'm can't see you, no, Isaac. Let me think. Nine. Does make nine. I'm thinking nine. Well, what are you thinking, nine. Isaac? What I'm going with nine. Pretty far Say off. nine. So, Emma, you have to guess high low. Peanut Gallery, <laughs> feel free to shout out what you think the answer is. 95. 11,350. Low. No. 11,350. Higher, higher low. Which I, way should I think Nock is low. Higher low. low. I'm going low. Yeah. Nock, what was your final number? That was 9,000. Low. Low. Shit. All right. What's the answer, Jim? Wait. What's your final answer? Is it 8,500 or 9,000? 9,000 dollars. 9,000. Are you higher or lower? Low. Lower than 9,000? It is $9,000 on the nose. What that is bitch? Going for what was that? Surprise, motherfucker! All right, Emma, humming, coming at you, back at you with one that's sweet in your wheelhouse, Ooh. right up your alley, and I think this will make things moist and firm at the same time. Gross. The 2017 <laughs> Honda Goldwing. Ooh, shit. Ooh. Oh, shit! We're talking 1800 cc's, right? Of beautiful flat six. <clears throat> Twenty-three. Ooh. Nah. 23, huh? Oh, God. That's, We're actually, talking that's since, a good number. That's a good saucy since number. Since 1974. Yeah, Regular or deluxe edition? <laughs> <laughs> this is the base model. This is the base uh, I'm thinking it's just a Do little too high. you need help from high. the peanut yeah. gallery? I think high. it's a little too high, high, but I don't know anything. Okay, so Emma, you said? 23. And you think it's higher than 23 or it's, lower? Uh, what she said is, the number she said is high, so I think it's lower so than So you're taking lower. Sub 20. Yeah. Yeah. The number is actually $24,000. Oh, wow. oh, all right. Oh, very good. That was sure. very good. Well, that's point to knock. I will, you guys are getting said close. Lower. That's a lot of money. No, that was an Emma. It is a Emma. lot of money. Okay. That yeah. was an Emma. Yeah, it is a lot of money. All right, so back it's to knock. kind of two one. You nailed the first one of those. Okay. Next, we have one that all motorcyclists can appreciate. It's the 1600 cc's of 165 horsepower V4 Modus. Ooh. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. So what my, my So this is, is back to knock. What do you think the current retail price for 60. 2017? It's 60 grand. No wait. 30 30, sorry, 30 grand. 30. $30,000. $30,000. Emma, I think higher or lower? Higher. It is higher. Higher. 31,000. Thousand dollars, man. That's bullshit. Point to Emma. Oh man, I was close though, right? Yeah, you were close, not, yeah. but not close enough, darling. <laughs> okay. Clearly, but knock this one plays to your favor because it, it's your generation, uh -huh. your generation of player. Okay. So, or of motorcycle. So, Emma, tell me, the Arch motorcycle, via Keanu Reeves. Is it true that it has two thousand cc's, the Arch motorcycle? Uh. Thank you for the input. <laughs> so the <laughs> Keanu Reeves beautiful arch motorcycle, what's it worth? $45,000 for a motorcycle? That's under. It's, it's the peanut gallery is quiet over there. I guess it's, it's more than that. It's definitely more I'm than that. Fucking, it's like a bunch of old cows looking at a new it's gate like, over there. It's like super custom, so it's definitely more than but that. But this is the base feet. model, right? Yeah, Keanu I guess. Reeves, Keanu Reeves touched 40, it. What, what is it? Can someone... 45 five. I think it's more expensive. I think it's like 36. Okay, that's the number. Knock higher or lower than 35.5? Higher than 35.5. She said 45.5. Or 45.5. Higher five, than 45.5. Almost double. 78,000. Woo! Yeah. That is me. a lot of money for a motorcycle. Point to knock. We've got a tie. Two to two. 
And on the other end of the spectrum, we have the motorcycle of the year from 2014, the sweet little 125cc Honda Grom. Oh, that's a motorcycle of the year? Because you want to buy one, chop the swing uh, yeah, arm, extend that fucker by like six right, feet. Not. Why, why <laughs> not? And go buy I'm, barbecue. I'm saying I know. 35. I'm going four. That's what they want four. for it, 35. There's mumblings from the peanut gallery over there. I think it's Low. like 4,000. Yeah. 4.2, four. four. Knox at 3,500. Mm-hmm. Base price? Yeah. 32. So 3500 higher or lower? 32. Slower. Lower it is. $3,000. You can pick up a Honda Grand. Wow. All right. Emma. Ton of gun. Emma ton takes fun. the lead. And this is one of the most ubiquitous, I don't know if I can use that word, motorcycles. We see them around here, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Manufactured from 1990, 1999 to 2012. Knock. Mm-hmm. This V-twin Suzuki SV650. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. In the year 2017 will cost you... Six grand. Six thousand dollars. That's what I'm going for. Emma, what was this bike known as before? What was the previous name of the SV650? <laughs> the SV650. Well, no. <laughs> it started off as the SV650. SV it was a different model, right? It became... Gladius. Gladius. Yeah, now it's back to this SV650. Then it became a marketing right? case study of what not to name <laughs> yeah. your motorcycle. Uh, to name it, um, you don't name it after a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was named after a grandmother. <laughs> Gladys? Gladys. <laughs> I'm still trying to make the penis connection. No, Gladiator, I, the Honda I Mod. See. I think, it, no, it's going to come in at about 65, so up. 65, yeah, I probably should have said 65. I think it's like All right, eight. so knock, what's your number? I'm going to just stick to six, 6,000. Six grand? You're higher or lower than yeah, six higher, grand? Yeah, higher, higher. $7,000 yeah. for that right. beautiful, yeah. modified Oh, she machine. takes the lead. Yeah, well, he's a little off All here. All right. All right, and, yep. Now, Emma, your turn to guess. Okay. So I'm going to let Liza chime in on this one. This is the 2017 Super Duke 1200. No, 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 no. This is oh. Emma's game. Oh. oh, this. Oh, we're done with it. No, no, no. It's Emma's oh. turn. The Super Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Super Duke. <clears throat> Eighteen. Eighteen. Yep. Eighteen. I think Ooh, the I big Super Duke. Yeah, it's their flagship. Uh, yeah. Naked. Eighteen. I think it's oh, a little. Hold on, time out. Mm-hmm. We never got the price on this one. Right? There's no, no there's no price. Yeah, so skip. Go to the next one, Jim. <laughs> Jesus. It was all... Jesus. I'm right. th- well, I'm, for the record, I'm going to say you're a little low on that price. Uh, I don't I know. Think. So wait, well, well, to be determined, what was your number on the Super Duke? 18. 18. 18, what are you I'm saying? I'm thinking 19. 19? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. <laughs> no point. <laughs> all right, BMW uh, GS 1200. BMW. GS 1200? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Seventeen. I say that's a little under. I'm Peanut Gallery, you any guesses over there? Eighteen and a half. Twenty-one. <clears throat> I'm thinking eighteen with 000. paneers. Seventeen's a number. Higher or lower? <laughs> higher higher or than lower. seventeen. Higher that's higher than seventeen. And you are correct. Knock, knock. Oh. It's the win on the Beamer GS1200. What do they want for that fucking thing? Eighteen seven. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, eighteen seven with paneers is twenty five. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, here's another fun one. Actually, I got my eye on this one right now. Knock. It's the Honda CRF two thirty F. Ooh, two thirty F. Oh, uh, the okay uh, CRF two thirty F. Not the L, but the F. Does yes. this is stud on the fucking CRF two thirty F? Oh shit. Oh, oh, I'm thinking five. CR two thirty CRF two thirty F. Uh it's it's gonna be around five. 
I'm, try, I'm trying to think of what model that is. I, I noticed it's, earlier. There was one in the parking lot today, just so you know. Well, I missed out, apparently. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that thing. No, that's like $3,000. That's $3,000. $3,000, okay. right, Emma? Yeah, okay, so you're three grand? Yeah. Uh, over. Over it is, 4200 Wow. Oh, $4,200 for thing? No I had a hard time with Hondas, too, because I always think of them being a little more expensive. Yeah, they are. They are right? generally more expensive. But they fucking run. So, no, okay. Remember, that dovetails into the where it's made. Right. It's where? in Japan. It's is it is a flagship mo- no or is it? Is it come from Japan? I don't know. I need to look at the frame. I know. Yeah, because the good shit comes from Japan, right? Yeah, like the Nighthawk two fifty, right? Right. Okay, speed round zero XSF Emma. What zero FXS? Oh, After sh- rebates or before? Yeah. What size battery before. pack? Uh oh, Christ, <laughs> tw- twelve. Oh, I'm thinking under. This is all before rebates, right? Under. 12 under. Knox got it. 8,500 for the entry level. Right. Oh, shit. Very okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you want to go a little further, it costs a little more. Yeah. Now. A lot more. Knock. Yes. This is so up your fucking alley. Okay. I have another guy. I want to know how long before Knock owns one of these, actually. <laughs> Me too. The Alta Redshift Supermoto. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Ooh, the thing, this thing was 10, I think. I remember when Mark was here, he was talking about 10, 10,000. Mm. Yeah. 10 grand? Yeah. I thought they were 15. Yeah, I, I th- I'm going to go over. 15, Knock. Have you, you, have, have you, you haven't final answer. You can take input from the uh, peanut gallery. I'll say 12. <laughs> I'm going to say 12. Dude, fucking right. risk taking. Emma Hayerlo. I'm still going higher. Okay. 15.5. Wow. 15.5. Okay. You know how much your maintenance is in the first year? None. So, hey, I'd like to give an update. Right now, the Multiple score times. is 6 to 3. Oh, shit. Really? I might do that horribly. Emma, <laughs> 6. Knock has got 3. But, good I'm news. I'm still losing on my bet, though. The next one is worth 25,000 points. <laughs> All right. Right on. All right. All right, so make Naturally. sure it's a good one. Whose turn is it to guess, Jim? Oh. Is it Emma's turn? It is Emma's turn to guess. It is Emma's. All right, so give her a good one, because this is for all the nuts. All right, this probably plays into her, her strength, um, unless Harley's playing to your strength, Knox. Um, maybe. Knox? <laughs> <laughs> all right, the you're all with sidecar. <laughs> Based off a late, late model BMW R71, this beautiful piece of Russian-ish <laughs> Where can you even- heritage. <laughs> Man, where can you even get those new? Oh, Expensive? you can at your no. your all de- dealer. Which is and they sell AKs. Local <laughs> shop. It's a tough looking rig. Yeah, though. there was it's one cool here rig. a couple um, weeks ago. All right, so Emma, it's in your court. What's your all with sidecar? With sidecar, base model. Yeah, hey, we're talking the green color because yeah. that's the only one I think. Does it come with an entrenching tool? Uh, yes, <laughs> it does. They come with a new. Um, I think it does though. Doesn't <laughs> it, it does. Doesn't have a fucking. An entrenching. I'm gonna go uh, nine. Nine. Yeah. Ninety-five. Uh, I'm gonna say ninety. That's is that your final answer? Ninety-five. I'm gonna say that's a little high. Hey, Peanut Gallery, what do you guys think? I'm up to with Emma a, on this a one. new Ural with a sidecar. Yeah, I think they're more expensive. It has a sidecar. It's got to be at least things. twelve. Yeah, I think it's. I think she's low. I don't know though. All right. Well, I'm it's new say. and it's got a sidecar. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, knock. You I'm gonna have say input she's. Now. It's uh, that's over what it what they want for it. So you so wait. Let's go back well, to Emma. What's your number again? Ninety-five. So Ninety-five hundred. Higher or low? Higher or lower? Knock. It's it's lower. It it's costs lower less. than yeah. ninety-five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, right, what so do you what do you think? It would, you, if you were going to go buy one, knock. How much would you spend to buy a brand new year old with a? Sidecar? I want to spend more than like five thousand dollars, baby. <laughs> <I'm just> saying. <laughs> That's good because it costs yeah. fucking sixteen grand. What? Oh, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know. 
<laughs> so this is final score is twenty five thousand and six. Sixty grand <laughs> to three. No surprise. Jesus Christ. So Emma, I'm proud you of are our winner tonight. Thanks for playing. Congratulations, Emma. Oh, thank you. Do do I get a Ford Pinto or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can ride Dom's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't know how to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> there's no, there's no, your yeah. dignity was checked at the door. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, that was fun. Thanks oh for having me. Oh my good. That. that was cool. Um, you guys were close, but like for the first bunch of bikes, you guys were within like 500 bucks yeah, for a grand. No, that each was time. good. It's almost like you spent well, a lot of time looking at bikes on the internet. <laughs> we realized that we spent a lot of time on Craigslist, and we're pretty knowledgeable about retail values on old bikes but we don't know shit about new bikes so we thought we'd uh test it out and see mm-hmm. and some of those were surprised and some of them were surprising to me how low they were very affordable mm-hmm. bikes out there um but hey i think it's time to try start a new segment now this has been a fan favorite even though we've only done it once oh no ha- uh jim ah. yeah hmm? what we're, what's what? going on hmm? jim huh we're what? going on a journey jim is it deep and dark? It's deep and dark, Jim. <laughs> is there, is there going to be a lot of crying at the end of it? <laughs> and do <are> prophylactics <laughs> suggested? Well, they're always suggested naturally, but yeah. yeah. No, we're we're going can, we're going back in time, Jim. I consent. You guys are in, in for a special treat because it's time for another round of Emma's History, History Hole. hole. <laughs> What's in the hole, Emma? What's in the hole? Okay, so um, what I'm trying to do with Emma's History <laughs> Hole is I'm introducing subjects that <laughs> to get our the listeners go may or may not have heard of because of time scale, because of uh, the country that we're raised in, so... This week, we're going to talk about a household name for our English listeners and a name which a lot of our American listeners have never heard of. The gentleman is called Barry Sheen. They don't call him the king because of how he rode motorcycles. (laughs) So He made some great wood polish, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes. Yeah, that was Mr. Sheen. He was more formal. I really love him in two um, and a half, man. (laughs) Barry Sheen was a motorcycle racer Um, He was probably in England The most famous motorcycle racer um, Of all time And it was right around the time The motorcycle racing was really At its most popular in the 70s Um, So Barry was born September the 11th 1950 and he was born into a motorcycling family his uncle was a speedway rider and his dad was actually a racer at the time and for the first six years of barry's life he continued to race but then in 1956 his dad actually retired from racing and became a mechanic so you know barry was around motorbikes from a very very early age um during school He had a pretty normal childhood. He went to school. There's a very famous line that Barry said that a couple of his teachers said, you'll never get anywhere just messing around with motorbikes, Hmm. Barry. You need to get an education. Well, you know, that was proved wrong. But at the weekend, he would be with his dad, and he he got in contact with some pretty high-profile motorcycle racers. Um, 
Phil Reed was a hugely popular motorcycle racer in the 50s. And by the time that Barry was sort of like 10, 11, the, uh, the, uh, right around the early 60s, Phil was using Barry's dad as a tuner. So Barry had contact with these very, very high-profile motorcycle racers. Um and just really lapped up the whole environment. And these so, are like small displacement bikes? Well, um, Phil like, Reed was running 500s at the time. And um, Barry loved bikes, but obviously as a kid, he had to start off somewhere with smaller bikes. So, now, as I did with Elspeth Beard, I'm reading. So, forgive me if I uh, chop backwards and forwards. So... Um, he started off um, on 50cc bikes. Now, that was quite a popular class. And previously, we talked about Beryl Swain in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was on 50ccs. Well, Barry started off very, very young on 50cc bikes. Um, on a Kreidler, which a was... A Kreidler, which was an... Um, not a Chrysler. A not Kreidler. A, a Kreidler. This is a next-door neighbor. Um, <laughs> and actually, it, a Kreidler was an Austrian bike, but the Dutch company Van Veen got a hold of them and tuned yeah. them. And Van Veen the may rotary. be... rotary. There you go. Yes. Yeah, Van Wait. Veen came up with a rotary. A rotary motor for Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have a model of one over there. Huh. But, um, so let me see. So Suzuki didn't make the first rotary motorcycle. Oh, God, no. Suzuki I did not were, know that. Okay. No, Suzuki was very, very late in the game. Right. Rotary motorcycles had really been around since um, immediately after the war. Interesting. And Suzuki refined an already thought-out design. Yes, okay. So. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to get myself very comfortable here. So, I'm going to read directly from what I've got um, printed out. His first outing on a race bike was at Brands, Brands Hatch practice day in 1968 so he'd have been 17 years old um absolutely terrifying it didn't go well however he learned very quickly uh, next week he went out again on bultacos and these were bultaco street bikes everybody in america associates bultaco with dirt bikes that's what i was thinking dirt yeah, bikes, yeah. But they made some fine street bikes mm. same same power um, plant or right same power plant. Huh. So two-stroke single, very, very highly tuned, very peaky. Right. It had slightly different port timing for the street. Um, they put the power band up higher, a little less power down the bottom, but obviously it was a completely different chassis. Hmm. And his dad was watching him doing this, and he realized that, you know, Barry had some real talent. So during the late 60s, practiced... He was getting very, good, very good in the clubman's events, and then, in 1971, he went to the Grand Prix, and he said, "I'm going to kick Kenny Roberts' ass." Well, he wasn't quite there yet. <laughs> in 1971, Kenny Roberts, well, I think he was still probably pooping in his diapers. I mean, it's uh, um, so he started off in the Grand Prix circuit in the 125cc class. Now, back in the early 70s. A Spaniard called Angel Nieto was yeah. absolutely the guy to beat in the 125 classes. And basically, Barry spanked him. Um, he got. He chased him all the way down, so it was 1 2 Angel Nieto all the way through 71. Hmm. Barry got the title. And then after that, 
he was racing on a V-twin derby, an Italian bike, which did not go well. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> very, very unreliable machine. In fact, um, the joke was it was a works derby, but Barry actually coined it a non-works derby because it broke down more than it actually ran. Um, and then we come to the early 70s. So Barry closed out 1971. He got four Grand Prix vac victories in the 125 class. Mm -hmm. And he'd begun a long association with Suzuki. 72, his triumphs were the M Motorcycle News Superbike and the Shell Sport in the 500 classes, both on Suzuki's. He repeated that again in 1973. And the reason I'm jumping kind of ahead to 1974 is significant for a couple of, t couple of reasons. Suzuki had just brought out a brand new bike, and it was called the RG500. Now, up oh, to that baby. point... Suzuki had been racing the TR series. TR500 was a twin. TR750 was a three-cylinder bike. And they were basically... They were rehashed versions of street machines. The RG500 was something completely different. It was a two-stroke, as old Grand Prix bikes were back then. But it was a square four. So it had mm. two pistons in the front, two pistons in the back. It had two crankshafts that were gear-driven between the two of them. Wait, by this point, they haven't figured out square fours don't work? Oh, this one worked. Really? They didn't have the overheating problem? Did not have the overheating problem. Okay. Um, it initially, it had some problems. <laughs> <laughs> However, was it with overheating? <laughs> no. Well, so, so in order it to get... It was with undercooling. Undercooling. <laughs> in order to get the power they wanted... Um, it was a rotary disc valve induction, and Suzuki had some horrible Wait, problems. they had rotary discs back then? Yep. Yep. Induction? Oh, yep. wow. And it had four of them. Wow. And sometimes four even... worked, and sometimes <laughs> four didn't. Wow. Um, it had transmission problems. It had a lot of chassis problems. But Suzuki were absolutely determined to get the world title. And so they poured just hemorrhaged money into the RG and it paid off and of course they had a world class rider in Barry so between the two of them 1974 was a development year for the RG it was a development year for Barry to get on board with it Easter 1974 was the only time that Barry lost and it was to a very young guy Called Kenny Roberts. Ah, King Kenny. It's always those young people. It was the youngsters. <laughs> those youngsters um, from uh, America. It was short-lived, but that was the f that was the first time in many years that Barry had been beaten. But what was uh, Kenny riding? Yamaha. Ken Kenny's association has been just as Barry Sheen's association has always been with Suzuki's. Mm -hmm. um, Kenny Roberts has, has, has had a long association right. with the Yamahas. And back then, in the 70s, they were the only two that were really competitive. Honda were completely out of the game. Kawasaki had a great engine, but they just could not make their bikes handle. Kawasaki's were evil handling bikes. Um, I vividly remember I was at a racetrack in 77, and I saw an American Steve Baker trying to fight a Kawasaki around the track, and it was frightening hmm. just watching it. Um, 
So really, I mean, the only two majorly competitive bikes were Suzuki and Yamaha. So you had Roberts and Sheen. So we're going to come to 75. March 1975. And Barry is on an RG500, which is now competitive. Mm -hmm. And he's at Daytona and he's practicing. 175 miles an hour. Back tire blows out. Back tire explodes. And when you when, the thing that gets me when you're talking about these kind of speeds, what kind of brakes did they have then? Is well, this a single disc? Did they have disc? Yeah, it had discs. Is yeah. this like, yeah, yeah? But this if you ha if you have a tire explode at 175 miles an hour, you can't. You're not recovering from it. Yeah, that sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you're fu you're fucked. That's pretty much it. The accident, it was significant for quite a few reasons. Um, the first was, up to that point, nobody had crashed a motorcycle as quickly as that. I mean, 175 miles an hour, I mean, this was new ground for bikes. But to crash one at that shit. and survive the accident. Yeah. And, of course, television by now was getting very, very popular. And Barry had proved himself. He was quite charismatic. He was an extremely good-looking guy. You sent mm -hmm. me a video of this guy, and it was amazing. He was a man about town. He was a man and about town. I'd like to say, very well-groomed. He, he had fantastic hair. Half his Which photos we, online are him just smoking a cigarette. Well, you know, it's like like I'm that cool guy. Well, there are, like, there are so many legends about Barry, and yeah. one of them is he had a hole drilled into the chin bar of his helmet so he could smoke a cigarette on the starting line. <laughs> awesome. Um, but did you ever crush on him? Oh God, yeah. Did you of crush course. Harry? Everyone had right, a crush on Barry. Um, <laughs> he had, he had a like, swagger. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. But there was a news crew, and a British news crew who were following around his career at Daytona. So the whole crash, the aftermath, the recovery was all—it was all filmed. Let me take a flying guess. Would that be BBC? That would be the BBC, darling. <laughs> like so. one or two, but but not to. But the crash was significant, right? Because we we're talking. He broke left thigh, right arm, collarbone, two ribs. Right. Was racing seven weeks later. Well, now hang on, and that's not the final tally. You go down at 175 miles an hour on the tarmac. It's going to wear through your leathers. It's going to wear through your armor. It's going to wear through your skin. Right. The road rash on his back was just horrendous, extensive. Oh, right. I saw the pictures. Yeah, it completely it just, gone through. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as Jim said, seven weeks later, he's back on a bike. And that would really be a hallmark of Barry's career. I mean, he it was a rough and tumble sport. It's funny, though. All those old-timey guys that achieve greatness go through amazing physical pain and suffering right. and, and shake it off like it's nothing. Right. You, know, you hear, like, the Penton stories or Malcolm Smith, all those guys. World class. Oh, I broke my leg. Fuck it. It's not like they have the modern physical therapy now. <laughs> it's uh, world-class athletes, man. That's what you got to do. Have a cigarette. Right. Um, but what the crash did... It cemented him really as a superstar because with yeah, the news yeah. crew, with the infamy of the crash, and just with his character. And I think if you look at photographs of Barry, his character you can tell exactly what character he is just by looking at photographs of him. So 1976, he was back. He was popular than ever. 
Still with Suzuki? Still with... Oh, yeah. Barry's career, it was all about Suzuki. Um, always had the number seven. He made his career on RG500s. The bike was getting better. He was on top form. 76, he won the Superbike Championship. 77, he won the Superbike Championship. And all the time he was refining his style, all the time the RG500 was getting better. Um, Kenny was coming up through the ranks, but 77 and 78, he was really nowhere. Um, wait a minute, let's have a look. He also, ah, one of the great things about Barry was his public persona. Yeah. He attracted extremely beautiful women. He, was a, he was a rock star. He was a rock star. He was the rock star of the motorcycle world. Um, he, 76, he married Stephanie McLean, and she was a Playboy model, and she looked like a Playboy model. Let me ask you this. Was he a rock star? Was this just in England or around the world? Well, you know, all I can tell you is from a British point of view, you would be very, very, very hard-pressed to find a Anybody who liked motorbikes who didn't completely worship Barry Sheen. Mm. Everyone loved Barry Sheen. But I find it's very, very interesting that over on this side of the Atlantic, he's not quite as well known. So, I don't know. I mean, I'd need a time machine to go back to the 70s and find out if Americans were talking about him. Well, did, did they have... You know, like, we know about the... Um I mean, Kenny Roberts and Eddie Lawson, there were like bikes that were synonymous with those names or color schemes, you know, stuff like that. I don't remember seeing any Barry Sheen replica Suzuki's. Right. And it's it's, it's about the marketing. I well, guess. he did ride a square four, right? <laughs> yeah, true yeah. that. Well, I, I think too part of it, right, is that wasn't as mainstream as motorcycling as is, it is now. But just GP racing back then. Adam yeah, Martin, right? you know, I mean, and that now it's just it's, it's a different. That could scheme. well be it. Uh, I don't know how popular GP racing was in America in the seventies. Right. Motocross was getting popular. Right. You know, you can you can, but yeah, MotoGP. I don't know. Yeah, but like it's, uh, I think too, in the seventies um, in America, we were still fighting the like the trashy biker asshole type guy, right? I right, mean, right, right, right. So, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Yeah, you maybe. know, maybe it was just just of the time. Yeah. So, uh, what do we get up to? 76 and 77. Oh, dear. 1978. Guess who won the title? I'll give you a clue. He rode a Yamaha. Is Kenny, Kenny Roberts. Kenny Roberts. Kenny Roberts. Yeah. So, Kenny Roberts got the title in 70, 78. 79. Barry was determined to get it back. And all through the year, they played cat and mouse. Barry would win, Kenny would win. Barry would win, Kenny would win. And it all came down to the final race. It was Silverstone in 1979. Let me stop you there real quick. Because I wanted to point out. Yes. Our listeners don't know, but we've added some new people to the room. Right. Since you've been talking. I know we have. And we have over in the corner, we've got Dion and Bill Campbell. And uh, Dion's been on our show before. He is a racer. And Bill, do you, should we throw you a mic? Because you, you might have some input. Have you followed Barry Sheen when you were younger? I, I think Bill might have some good commentary as we talk about the history of MotoGP in America. I, um, I watched as much as I could back when I was younger. 
There wasn't a lot of TV coverage, not like you have today. Well, I, I think we need to take a step back from the, when the first time that you introduced Dion to MotoGP. I remember that story when you had to babysit. <laughs> yeah, I um, I picked up uh, the new year in review for MotoGP back in 95. So, um, what is it called? I went to the house. His mom was going to go uh, shopping with her sister and her mom. And Dion was kind of fussy. And at this time, Dion was like right. six weeks, maybe probably, probably about Just two a pup. three months. A pup. Yeah, he's tiny. He's in his little <laughs> swing chair. He's looking so, handsome these days, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I sat there and I said, okay, if you're going to be fussy, then you know I'm going to watch MotoGP. And <laughs> I got three and a half hours to watch. So I popped in the tape. I hit play and sat down and the music started playing and the bikes went by and Dion and didn't say a word <laughs> and sat there for all three and a half hours and did not move just his mouth was gaping open of course drilling on himself yeah, he, had, he, had, he had a hundred and five degree fever. I have that problem or now. just him being a baby. <laughs> but it's, it's a combination of both. <laughs> but um But to back to early American MotoGP, right? Yes. You remember those days? Yes, I remember going um actually I left base I left I played baseball thirteen years. I came out of high school throwing ninety six miles an hour. <laughs> All I had to do is go to school for one year, junior college, straighten up my grades. One and done. And that was it. Why do I th think you're going to say motorcycling just fucked that all up? So <laughs> my buddy sat there and he goes, hey, man, we're going cruising. Yep. Come with us. So I said, all right. I go with him cruising. I jump on the back of his bike. We cruise out there. And this girl goes, oh, I want to go for a ride, but I want him to give me a ride. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, do you even know how to ride? I said, yeah, I rode dirt bikes before. I'm good. No <laughs> how hard can it be? No nothing. <laughs> so I take this girl for a ride. And I said, all right, I'm going to get me a street bike. This is cool. So I got a street bike, cruised around for about a month, getting ready to go back for season in my year of school so I can move on to college or move up from junior college. And this guy goes, dude, we're going to the MotoGP races. What's a MotoGP race? And he goes, dude, the races. that Because they didn't cover it on TV that much. Yeah. Right. You know, every once in a while, you catch a glimpse of it. And where were the races? Laguna Seca. Laguna, yeah. <clears throat> so I showed up. Unfortunately, that was the year that uh, Kevin McGee got hurt. And I showed up, and I watched the races, and I thought, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life, and I never played a day of baseball again. <laughs> now, now you are physically going 96 miles an hour. The curse of the corkscrew. <laughs> yeah, it was it was by far the watching the bikes slide through the corners, yeah. spinning the back tire out of the corners, bikes whipping and snapping and wheeling. I, oh my God, that's what I want to do. For Look, the rest he's of my fired life. up right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when I introduced Dion. You know, I was racing AFM, and I used to put around with Dion sitting on my lap on the 50, and he'd hold on to the bars, and he'd work the controls and stuff. And so he's been around riding since he was born. And 
you know, there's been times I, <clears throat> dude, Wednesday's a no ride day because he'd be on a bike every <laughs> single day. If it, if I didn't tell him, though, no, you got to get off the bike. It was seven days a week, every waking moment. So, so Barry was Barry Sheen as big of a name here as he was in England? Do you think? I think he was a bigger name in England because yeah. of uh, American Pride. Yeah. And besides Kenny, between Kenny Roberts, you know, Kenny Roberts walked on water. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. to believe it or not, Kenny Roberts is, even though he's a world class champion, he's the nicest, funniest guy you've ever met. I never got to meet Barry Sheen. Mm -hmm. I've seen him plenty of interviews, you know, online and stuff. But he seemed like the. <clears throat> they all seemed like rock stars back in the day. Right. And they were all just super nice guys. They weren't like arrogant and snotty and like, you owe me something. You know, unfortunately, that's how some people are today. Yeah, yeah. they're just normal dudes. So yeah. right, back to 1979. Nice. At Silverstone. Silverstone. <clears throat> and it was cat and mouse. And to cut a long story short, they go over the line together. Kenny Roberts is 0.003. The fuck's a not knock? Zero, it's zero. It's pretty zero, 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 0.003 ahead. Really? And Wow. It basically, it was, in my opinion, probably one of the best motorcycle dices of all time i think i saw that that race and in a clip and they were just like it was like there as if there was no one else in this race just the two of well them. it was i mean it got to the stage they were so much faster than everybody else and they were so close in skill mm -hmm. yeah but very different style but they were so close it is an epic battle so what what do you I, think the difference between the motorcycles were i think by that stage i mean the rg was an extremely well sorted out bike um the yamaha they were running the the v4s by then which was all uh, real similar i like to think probably the suzuki handled better but the yamaha had the edge on power but no. it was very very close i mean they were both extremely well sorted bikes so um, you would say between Kenny and Barry, you said this earlier, let's see if you back it up, say that Barry was a better rider because he had a lesser bike to do it on. I think so. Right? That's a fair assessment. Because, well, and that's no way to diminish Kenny because Kenny is just no. an absolutely phenomenal rider. They had a great rivalry. They had and a great rivalry, but... You always tend to go with the people who've come up with lesser equipment. And the 70s, the development of motorcycles during the 70s, from the early 70s to the late 70s, it was, it was amazing the difference that was made. And the bikes that Kenny was racing were fundamentally better than the bikes that Barry were racing in the early days. So yeah, so uh, Barry had the underdog factor that you liked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. And he's British, darling. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Geographic. You can tell him is a bit smitten. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but we're going to come to 82. Yep. And Hold on. Dom, when were you born? <laughs> 89. 89. Yeah. So growing up, 
Is is Barry still a household name in England? Yeah, in the way that you'd you'd recognize him, even if you didn't necessarily know a hell of a lot about him. This Barry, is it, this Barry is Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the influence he had on motorcycling, even now. Yeah. And bear in mind, Barry, and we're going to come to the fact that Barry hasn't uh, hadn't won a motorcycle race for. Th- the, what is it 2016 now 34 years he's still a household name yeah an amazing legacy it must have been the swagger it, i think it well <laughs> you know it's the whole package it was the motorcycle racer it was the persona it was the wife the girlfriend it's the, he me- was, the mental bikes as well yes Did you hear that dion a wife and a girlfriend <laughs> yeah wow. that's the british way <laughs> so dr- drill drill a hole in your helmet so you can smoke while you ride that's what you get although i've seen dion's facebook page i don't think he needs help with the girls so 1982 Silverstone again um, Barry is riding at 160 miles an hour on his RG500 ahead of him is the wreckage of a 250 Grand Prix bike that had been crashed by Frenchman I think it's Francois Agoa mm-hmm. and Barry hit the wreckage at 160 oh that's um, fun horrendous absolutely horrendous injuries his his legs pretty much exploded the the bones were turned into powder um there are many many very famous pictures of the pinnings that were in his legs Hmm. after that crash but once again he survived but it in effect that was the end of his career as a racer yeah Um, that'll do it yeah and I think quite rightly so. <laughs> it was <Yeah. laughs> your legs are turned to powder. Yeah, I think it's time to stop racing. <laughs> exactly. Um, the remainder of the eighties. Um, obviously, he was retired from motorcycle racing, but he was still a hugely influential person in the sport. He came out with a lot of very, very important safety innovations based on his own experience and the one legacy that they still use now is a back protector that Sheen actually Mm co-designed and it's still in use now because obviously motorcycle racers are very very vulnerable and the injuries you can sustain in these high speed crashes are tremendous and so he used his influence and he used his legacy to um design many many things that made gp racers safer on their bikes even now yeah um so that was that um he moved to australia in 1989 and that was really based on he'd sustained so many injuries over the years and of course as time goes on and you're injured was that because of mad max yes okay he wanted to compete with Mel Gibson and beat him up. Um, but no, they just wanted a warmer climate Yeah. Um, to cope. Because, you know, if you've got injuries, you get a little bit of arthritis. You know, I get arthritis in the cold weather because of uh, the injuries I've, old injuries I've had on bikes. Um, and he, he spent a lot of his later years as a commentator for motorcycle racing, 
sedan car racing in Australia that was very big. They actually raced trucks out there, can yep. you believe it? Yep. Um, and he made a very, very good name for himself as a commentator. Again, you know, it's his, his character shining through. He's a very, very likable person. Um, and like I say, I wish I could talk to him now, but we can't because he was diagnosed with cancer at the end of 2002. Mm-hmm. And he died in March 20, uh, 2003, age 51. Mm-hmm. Um, probably due to the fact he was a chain smoker for yeah. most of his life. He drilled a hole in his helmet to smoke, smoke cigarettes. He did. Um, but a full life he lived. He lived an incredible life. He's incredibly influential even now. Yeah, most people don't get to live the life that they want. Fully 100%. It seems like this guy kind of did. You know, oh, yeah. So No, right. he was an absolute rock star. Yeah. And Barry, if you're up there listening to us right now, I just want to tell you, I idolized you when I was a kid. And my love of Suzuki's, because as everyone here knows, I've had a long association with Suzuki. Yeah, you do. Especially the bandit. Especially the bandits. Yeah. <laughs> but just Suzuki's in general. And it's because of him. Cool. It's entirely because of him. And I'll go even further. My love of motorcycles, really, you can trace back to seeing Barry Sheen in the very early 70s on that on those early RGs. Fantastic career. So, as I've said before with Emma's History Hole, this is just an introduction to the subject. Get onto YouTube. Check out his racing. Check out his history. It's an amazing life. He was an amazing person. And it's fun watching those guys race on those 250 and 500cc motorcycles. It was a different ball game back then. So nip and tuck. Absolutely. And, you know, the modern style, knee off, ass out of the seat, that was really born in the 70s. And you can see it. If you watch racing from 71, 72, which was very tucked in, very proper, gripping the knees with your tank. And as the 70s progressed, you can see them getting looser, knee down, becoming the more modern style. It was a very pivotal decade for motorcycle racing and motorcycling in general. Hmm. So there you have it. Barry Sheen. God bless you, mate. (laughs) Godspeed. Absolutely. Sorry we had to hear you in Emma's mystery hole. No, I'm kidding. The history (laughs) hole. (laughs) That was very cool, Emma. Thank you. That was really cool. Yeah. Super cool. So um, I wanted to bring something out. So we had a listener email us about... He had a recall sent to him. Ooh. And um, he said, yeah, you may want to share this with everyone about recalls. And so I'll share the recall. But then I wanted to talk to you, Emma, about... What does that really mean, re- recall? Because uh, you work in the motorcycle industry. In fact, uh-huh. you're the one who's fixing these things. <clears throat> yep. Um, so he got. He has two vehicles. One is a, uh, well, it's from KTM. It says uh, all KTMs from 2013 to 2016. Keep throwing money. That the wiring harness could fray and the brake line may melt. Uh-huh. Wait, what? It's like, yeah, that's what they're saying. Hmm. Also from Indian Motorcycle Company, uh, and just says, make model years, it just says Indians from 2014 to 2017, that the fuel rail may chafe and leak. I've had that problem with some shorts before. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, how important is it, when, and how hard is it to get a recall, and how important is it to follow up on that? Well... 
Like, um, how many people have to die before they acknowledge this? But wait, first, you were telling me earlier, we were having this discussion, there are two kinds of recalls. There's two kinds of recalls. Let's get to that. There's a manufacturer recall, yeah. which is, whenever a manufacturer makes a new bike, they do their own testing on the bike, and people think just because the bike's in production, the testing stops. It doesn't. Hmm. The manufacturer's always dicking around with it. Yeah. And if they determine there's a fault, they might in- institute their own recall and say there is a very slight chance of this happening and we want to recall the bikes before it <laughs> becomes a problem. Yep. That's the first type. That's a manufacturer's recall. The other one's total recall and Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out <laughs> like a motherfucker. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. Um, and the second type of recall is, is the, the NHTSA recall. The National Highway Safety Traffic Safety Administration. Administration. Yeah. And those... Um, it's like, oh shit, it might blow up? Yes. It, well, it doesn't have anything to do with severity. It just means an independent agency or a government agency, in this case, the National Highway Transportation. It, it means enough people died and there were enough lawsuits. They have to acknowledge it, doesn't it? Well, no, they might just have found a fault with it that okay. could potentially cause a crash or an injury and then they lobby the manufacturer and say guys you've got to get this fixed but in either case what you should do if you get a letter in the mail saying i have a recall on my bike the very first thing you do is you contact the dealer you bought the bike from or if you don't like the dealer you bought the bike from or you've moved to to another town, you contact the nearest dealer for that motorcycle to where you are. You tell them you've got the letter. The dealer should either have a spares pack in or should tell you, yeah, we're getting the spares pack in. They will contact you when the spares come in and you take your bike in and it gets fixed. Mm -hmm. Yes, you need them done. So I I wanted to ask you... um how, what's some of the worst you've seen that required a recall? Hmm. Um, you know, defining worst, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bite the bullet. I have seen no potentially fatal flaws in bikes. Okay. But so it's not like the Pinto. No, um, no, 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 no. It's something completely different. Liza looks disappointed all of a sudden. I mean, no, I was just wondering. I mean, I mean it means actually that the motorcycle manufacturers have been that pretty. Good. Co- yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you've no, seen the gamut, though, right? I mean, no, I, I've I've yeah, seen the gamut. I mean, right. I've done transmissions on our right. ones, um, which is definitely an oh shit because right. I mean, an R one is an expensive bike. Yeah. And somebody dropped the ball on case hardening the gears, and guess what? The transmissions blow up. So. You had to put a new gear set in them. So how many hours of labor is that? Um, Yamaha give you 15.9. And how many can you do hours. it in now? Um, I, I take my sweet time, but I can usually knock them out in 12. Yeah. Yamaha are generally very generous. Um, the other Yamaha one is the R3. So in re- But 12 in, hours per in, recall. So in recycle garage years, that would be six and a half months? Yeah, pr- it, at okay. least. <laughs> yeah. um, then we would have sold it. <laughs> That's like taking the fairings off. 
But you know, the thing is with the with any of these modern bikes, you have to be scrupulously clean. I mean, yeah. it's a clinical environment. If you see inside these factories, if you see inside the Yamaha factory, you know, it's guys in white coats mm-hmm. with white gloves assembling these things. And you have to duplicate that. I wear a cocktail dress to, to build these <laughs> engines. I've got a martini in one hand and tweezers in the other just yeah. to duplicate the environment. No, you have to be very, very clean because, of course, you don't want to put grubby stuff in an engine. Yeah. So, like, you had the gamut from anything from shitty uh, unhardened gears or mishardened yeah, yeah. gears to, like, reflectors that are too low. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, Triumph Electrics, tra-la-la, what a surprise. Right. Um, Triumph are notoriously stingy with their flat rate times. Or you mm-hmm. get, like, a Ducati and those gas tanks, right? Right. They swell. They yeah. all do. They swell. Yeah. So, yeah. um you know, somebody dropped the ball on the mix of the fiberglass resin and it wasn't compatible with American fuel. Yeah. And the tanks swell up and cut off the um, vent pipe and guess what? Your bike grinds to a halt by the side of the road. Yeah. And I still am getting those bikes in right now with swollen gas tanks. Yeah, you get one free tank and that's it, right? Uh, well, no, the same no, material, so, no, no? Um, um, Ducati aren't honoring it They're now not for anymore. the bikes. Yeah. yeah, I had a friend that had an S2R and uh, she got a new tank and they just gave her a new tank and they took the old one, but it's made of the same material, which right, would do exactly. it again anyways. Um, uh. And recently I did um, a monster where the... Um, the gas tank had swollen around the ignition switch. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's what? Like, oh. Yeah, and, and it uh, the lock, the steering, uh, yeah. uh, the, your handlebars hit the tank. Exactly, yeah. because the tank swells up. Right. Yeah. Um, like a balloon. Yeah. What well, kind? Of, because it's Ugh. what happens is the resin starts flowing down. The resin starts coming apart, starts flowing down the vent pipe. So now your tank's not venting properly. Yep. So of course, on a warm day. Guess what happens to the gas vapor inside your tank? It expands, mm-hmm. and your tank starts swelling. It's like bike cancer. And mm-hmm. yeah, and Ducatis are kind of built to close tolerances. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Ducati Dave was in here today. Yes, he, oh, he had a steel tank, and he's tank. having a problem with his gas. I think his Sweet. is a different problem because yeah, okay. he has a steel tank, and I think right. it's something to do with a seal in his gas cap. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he's got gas cap seal problems yeah. you know generally ducatis aren't great at keeping fluids in <laughs> you know um if a fluid whether it's brake fluid or gasoline or oil or mike miranda has the same problem yes i noticed that with mike <laughs> as a person oh, god <laughs> as a person oh, so don't look at me when i'm inside of you so pretty soon it's going to be how Mary. You so. oh, but, hey. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? But, you know, there's, there's always two halves to every coin. So yeah. if you're talking about recalls, you can say, yeah, it's a government agency overreacting. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the coin, guess what? It's free repairs for your bike. Just get it done. Yep. Because unless, number one, you're not the arbiter of what's... Uh, necessarily safe mechanically on your bike so keep your bike up to speed mechanically but number two unless you're planning on keeping that bike forever you ain't going to sell it if it hasn't been fixed because it needs to be fixed before you can sell it on i've pulled brand new bikes out of the showroom and i had to do recall work on them before we can sell them Right, right, like right after you pdi them you're like oh before you pdi oh Oh, jesus Uh, the kimco k-pipe right 
Because it had the upside down transmission and people were having problems with that. Not because it was <laughs> well, made in China? No. Um, oh, we have to recall it, make it somewhere else? No, because the neutral was at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, they had reverse shifted. Which, I mean, on some bikes, that's how they are. Yeah, but, yeah I know what you're talking about. Hey, guess what? What? We got a box in the mail. What? What's in the box? What's in the box? Nice box, Liza. Jim, why don't you read this letter? While uh, right. not can I open the box? We hope you enjoy your box of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what it said. Hey, um, ship flying out, uh, dear Eminem crew. Just wanted to oh send God. a token of appreciation for all your hard work on the podcast. It makes my workday so much better when I listen to it. Uh, I thought it was appropriate to send some balls to the Ville <laughs> to go with the balls sausages. From the, the sausages and dildos were the sausages. <laughs> Um, I thought I thought you might want to have a dildo draw for the happy balls and just share the maker's mark box. This is getting better by the second. <laughs> We're like getting alcohol-related products. That's Some not. That's oh, just, that's yes. I'm okay with that. Bourbon chocolates. My love of bikes has been around for a while now. My dad brought home a cast-off Sears Allstate motorcycle when I was 16. The guy I was dating at the time got it running for me. Not licensed for the road, so lots oh, of laps shit. around the horse pasture and trips up and down our gravel lane. Can I move to your house? He got rid of it without my knowledge when he decided it was taking up too much room for the carport. I still mess that bike. My second bike was my brother's 125 Suzuki, which he didn't like to share... But I didn't care. Uh, years passed, life, life gets in the way, but my love was rekindled when a friend of mine gave me a ride. I vowed to get my own. You eat all that chocolate, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Dion. Are there fucking booze in this chocolate? Not, no, I'm not, oh, no, not Dion. Uh, took the training course to make sure I still wanted to do it. Uh, yep, the bike you call extremely rare, a factory stocked, untouched 05 Harley 1200 Custom Sportster. Yeah. What? Nice. Rarest bike on the streets. All right. My untouched. riding buddy has a 1200 Beamer, so we are a regular Mutton Jeff team, but he has a lot of skill and knowledge and is willing to share. He also let me try out his Kawasaki 250 that was a blast to ride. My dad was the family member that was into bikes as well. Would go to shows with me and started talking about getting his own bike, but he was diagnosed with cancer and passed away five years ago. Uh, We're sorry condolences. about that. Condolences for sure. It knocked the wind out of my sails for sure. PRRL has been sitting for a bit, which is her bike. Um, but I did get her serviced and road ready and have big plans for her this year. It's never been too late, right? And your show is a big part in rekindling the love. So hey. thank you so much for that. Thanks for listening, If dudes. you're ever in Kentucky, hell yeah, ah. Kentucky. We love Kentucky. We need a, need a place to stay. Just look me up. Hugs all around and enjoy the bourbon balls from Leslie. Leslie, thank oh. you, darling. I like the stationery you sent this letter mm. in, too. It's very nice. Thank you. Bourbon so thoughtful. Balls. We don't deserve this. Happy ball. That says happy balls. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> and we, happy. And her happy balls. <laughs> so thank you very much for the Leslie, letter. Leslie, we like, we like having generous. your uh, balls in our mouth. Thank you so much. We are passing I around I especially here. like Good. the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, <laughs> like the crunchy nuts and the juicy balls. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Leslie. This, <laughs> no, this you're is, not. This is Naked Jim. You, I'm no, not you're participating not. You're not sorry about anything. You've never been sorry about anything your whole life. The only thing better is Pete's sweaty balls. Sweaty balls? Sweaty balls. Sweaty yep. balls. So, uh, Isaac, you got an email to read there? I have two emails because I keep getting passed off on me. What? Pass the other one over. No, no, no. Just that one. One of them's for Emma. 
That one. The long one. No, no, just that one. The short one. Mm-hmm. All right. Ah, this one's from England. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Got an absolutely murdered British accent for this. Oh, blimey! Uh. It's like you're there, isn't it, eh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking bourbon balls are awesome. <laughs> I'll give up. Thank you, Leslie. Hi, Misfits. I'm Gav from Not So Sunny Bolton, Northwest UK. It's four degrees Celsius as I write this. Nope. Like 30. Loving the podcast. I'd like to say I didn't just see you on Ride with Norman, but I did. Oh, all right. I'd I'd like to tell Emma that I agree with her that the Bandit is one of the best bikes made. I myself. I myself ride a 2003 Bandit 1200S. Yeah. Now for my grumble. First, having owned a GPZ 600R, it is said. Z, not Z. That Correct, guys. <laughs> GPZ. And second, you all seem to think that to be a real biker, you have to wrench on them yourself. You do. As it is. Uh, wrench on them yourself as it is. I do, but one of my best mates... Sorry, there's no punctuation. But one of my best mates rides year-round for fun, as I do, but also he commutes all year-round and hasn't got the first idea how to wrench. He takes... This is, you know what this is? It's written as a British person would talk. <laughs> as I do not don't, have the cadence. Don't let me stop you, Isaac. I was kind of hoping you'd take over. Uh, Just let, let Dom read. But also, he commutes all year round and hasn't got the first idea how to wrench. He takes it to the shop to be fixed and maintained. Is he not a real rider? Anyway, back to loving you all. I feel in many ways I'm a misfit at heart myself, and if if I can come up with a way to get out of this soggy cold icebox and move to sunny Santa Cruz and be a uh, true misfit. Keep Google doing flights. what you all do, and for now I'll just keep listening as I work uh, very, as I work tar very much. You know, I'm going <laughs> to jump tar. in here. Gav, you're a misfit anyway. You're a true misfit anyway, mate. So just be a misfit in in England. Thank you for riding uh, yep. Bandit 1200. And for people who don't wrench on their bikes, I'm okay with that. That's fine. So I'm yeah, fine yeah. with that because yep. I'd be out of a bloody job, wouldn't I? <laughs> uh, there's a there's a postscript. Emma is lane splitting. What over here we call white lining. Hmm. True that. White that sounds line. White line fever. Okay. All right. Thank you. And all right, Dom, you have an email to read. Yeah, just a short one. No, Dom, you've got to do this in an American accent. Oh, fuck no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, John John Wayne is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Do a Liza accent. Say it like Liza. I, d- I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. That's all you get. Uh, this one's for Emma. This is, this is short and sin- surprise. Yeah. Dear. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm wait. waiting. Okay. Dear, dear, dearest Emma. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you for pointing out Elspeth Beard and Beryl Swain uh, to us through the podcast. It has uh, provided me with hours of internet reading enjoyment. I hope you will do more of these types of episodes. Uh, simply fantastic. Never mind the bollocks. Forge onward, thy badass chicks. <laughs> P.S. I'm a guy. Uh, and there's a picture of a dog with a rocket strapped to it. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a that was an email. Is it a red rocket? <laughs> it is indeed it's a red, red rocket. It's red and yellow. All right, now Emma, you have one to read? Yes. Okay. I think this was your favorite one. This is from Nitrous. Hello, Chris. <laughs> it's from Nitrous, yeah. Chris. Hello, Chris. Can you get all of Emma's history hole stories released on audiobooks? <laughs> Her voice can rock my soul to sleep every night. That and a drum of gin. 
but mostly her voice. <laughs> With misfit love from Arctic Wisconsin, Nitrous Chris. <laughs> what? Huh? What happened? <laughs> Chris, darling, I will read you a bedtime story anytime you want. Oh, that was nice, Nitrous. Thanks. All right, Jim, you ready? I am ready. Or listo in Espanol. So this is from Matthew Litchfield. Thank you, Matthew, so much for listening and writing in. So he has written in to us before, and it's a little bit of a follow-up. So he's writing a 79, or would like to write his 79 XS 1100. Blimey. Aye. So um, he's got a rubber, he's got a leak on the fuel line, so he's got to fix that. So it's okay. off until then. And our friend is in New England now, so how's the riding weather in New England? It's cold it's as a, fuck. It's a great time to get a good deal on a motorcycle in New England right now. I saw a cool uh, picture. It was like, this is when your summer project turns into a winter project, and a bike was covered in like a foot of snow. <laughs> I was like, sucks for you. So anyway, he also rides a 99 Shadow that's running like a motherfucker. He commutes on it and is digging it. So he sent another email for a couple of reasons. One is he didn't give us his up-to-butt bike, which, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, is a Moto Guzzi MGX21. Flying Fortress? Yep. Wow. Right? He's obsessed with the V-Twin, which is kind of cool. And then number two, even after 17 years together, he doesn't have a name for his Honda Shadow. Mm. So he's looking for some insight. Do you name your own bike, or does someone else have to name it? Bessie. Well, no, no. What's the, what? Do you name it, or does someone else name your bike? I, is there a rule? I don't know. I named my bike. No, I think you do. Somebody have else to name gives it. you your troll bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, troll bell for sure. But you do name your own bike. Because he told a homeboy of his. Is it homeboy in England? Is that what they use or home slice? <laughs> what do they say? No. Mate. <laughs> Neither. Say, hey, so he you. told his mate, I guess, over in the UK. He said he has a black shadow. And dude's like, oh, no way you have a black shadow. Well, it's the Honda shadow <laughs> yeah. with a black gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, so that was that. But he was wondering if we could give his give his '99 Shadow with a black tank a, a name. Anybody have a good idea for a name for this guy? Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> yes. Hey, Vinny. It's you kind of have to call it Vinny Vincent or shadow. Vin or Vinny or something no, like Vinny. that. Cousin oh, Vinny. 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 Yeah. Vinny. Yeah, hey, Vinny. You ever been fucked yo, in the ass and hey, written in mass yo, for being Vinny. a lucky wise guy? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Knock. So, um, anyway, long story short, he wanted to radiate, uh, radiate, that's my English. He wanted to reiterate what we're doing is very special to him and also a lot of other riders. Whether it's injury, he starts off with injury, whether it's injury, repairs, or maintenance, (laughs) in that order. Um, he enjoys us and getting him through the day. So anyway, keep up the great work. You have truly made a positive difference in his life when it comes to being a biker. Thank you so much. Hopefully someday I can meet you after riding across country. Give it a couple of months, but come out in June. It'll be rad to see yeah. you. Fingers crossed someday, but rally that motherfucker. Rally Vincent cross country like a boss, man. <laughs> yeah. And this is how he signs off. Now, don't get all nutty. Let's do this methodically. You may not want to come by the garage after all. <laughs> Anyway, thanks, Matthew, for the email. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Nice. And Anak, you got one there? Somebody yeah, I do. Me a bourbon ball. <laughs> I am eating the shit no, out. They have pecans we're on We're saving them for the rest of the misfits. Fucking pecans. No, no, no. Come on. ton of these things. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who aren't here tonight. Uh, well, you know what? Tough shit. Tough noogies. Oh, there's a. Don't miss the pile of poop that happens to be. No, that. 
You know, I just wanted to say real, so real quick. childish. That was a thanks to Sheila in Texas who uh, has sent us a big gift pack. One of those things in the gift pack was a prank kit. Of which I am frowning at the moment. I've been going around all day with a fake snot and sneezing. Oh, God. God. <laughs> and just getting oh, great awesome. enjoyment out of this. Flopping over the pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross, man. Yeah, and the fake poop and the whoopee cushion. We've been having fun, so thanks, Sheila. So what you got there, Not Okay, I got an email titled, Bike for My 16-Year-Old. Okay. <clears throat> this is from... Ninja250. Uh, all right, next yeah. email. <laughs> yeah. Now, hello, Misfits. Love the podcast and all the characters from the garage. I'd like to hear your opinion on buying a 16-year-old... Uh, my 16-year-old son of his first street bike. We're looking to do a road trip this summer, California to Montana, a two-week ride into Yellowstone. Mm. Where they live? <clears throat> uh... California, to California, Montana. I don't okay. know. I didn't say somewhere in Cali. But a uh, little freeway is possible. He says he's had he's owned twenty plus bikes in his life, and recently just bought a uh, two thousand seventeen FJ nine. Great bike. Uh, and he says he's not sure where to start. Uh, his fr- my first bike was a nineteen seventy five Honda five fifty four, with no rider training. Just dad saying, "Hold on, smile, uh, smile big, and don't crash." That's how Good we luck, did it kid. back then, son. Yeah, he just kind of <laughs> threw himself in the fire there. Uh, don't have a problem buying a new bike for him. My issue is that I can't talk uh, any of the motorcycle shops into letting him test ride a bike uh, since he right. since he has for the good M1 reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there a budget? Uh, well, let me see. Let me get on to this here. Due to his age, uh, they say he can't ride. Uh, you can ride, but he can't. Now I am 6'3", 280. He is 5'10", 145. So to me, riding a 300, 500cc bike just isn't the same. Uh, any thoughts on what I should drop the cash on? Uh, thanks, Ben C. Emma Army rules. <laughs> <laughs> Sent from corners that are meant to rail. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. Okay. KLR 650. <laughs> <laughs> How well, why tall not? did you say he was? It's 5'10", not 6'10". Why not? They're going to be doing some traveling, some freeway. They're going to be doing some parks. And that fits every budget. You can get them new, you can mm. get them old. You, no, can, you, what you can do you want? mess with the dog buttons on the back as well, lower it. Yeah. Better, no, I got a better one. Mm? DRZ 400. Yeah. But for traveling? What about the freeway? No, 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 no DLZ no, 400's okay no. on the freeway. On the freeway? <laughs> no. I gotta say, no, I kinda... and, and loading with bags and stuff? Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, that KL... You know, after watching Dom rally that KR through, KR through the mud, KLR through the mud yesterday, that might not be a bad call. Yeah. Right? I mean, because it's big enough to no, do the distance. It, how long have they been making the DRZs, the, the street-legal DRZs? Oh, yeah. Um, three, four years. Right. So... You're not going to find them that cheap. Mm. Well, I think he said he Did was going to buy a new one. Okay, KLR Well, he's been trying to test ride bikes. Or, uh, but, you know, I th- on a 650 uh, I'm just saying you can get a pair of used KLRs. Right. Hey, didn't we see a KLR, like a smaller KLR at that dealership where we stopped to do Mike's mm-hmm. brakes? They did. Yeah. It was like a KLR 300 or something. Yep, that's yeah, that's new. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that wouldn't be so good on the freeway if they want to do some travel. No. Like, did it say anywhere dual sport, like that mm. sort of stuff? But you know yeah, what? We well, you said uh, we're looking yeah, to do a uh, little freeway riding as possible. So that means discovery trails, the whole adventure bike thing I think is perfect. Yeah. Because you sit upright, you've got wide handlebars, you've got good control over the bike. They're mm. very easy to balance. They're easy mm-hmm. to ride. So DR650, KLR650, uh, Honda XR650L might be good starters. Right, and because a lot of people, young people, got their start riding dirt bikes. And right. when you throw them on an adventure bike, it feels comfortable to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
feels familiar. So, yeah, I mean, after, you know, Dom's trip with that KLR. I'm, yeah. We all like the dual sports, huh? Yeah. yeah I've never yeah, written anything so. like that before, but I, it's just, it's so easy. You get on it, and that's it. Like, you don't have to figure yeah, anything the, out. And then based the on the really tire. Easy bikes yeah, based on the, the tire you throw on it, you can ride straight up dirt. You can carve the canyon, so. Mm. Um, my opinion, I think a dual sport would be better than, you know, like a 600 sport bike because, you know, it's a good learning bike and it's cheap if he knocks it over or falls. Right. And he's uh -huh. not going to do 150 miles an hour and wrap himself around a tree. No, it's sketchy at like 85. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the thing is, whenever we talk about learner bikes... We always kind of jump on the Ninja 300 thing, and it's a damn fine bike. But there is a fundamental flaw with that bike, and the same with the R3. There's so much bodywork on them. Mm, yeah. You drop them, and you've done thousands of dollars worth of damage to the bike. And there's a ton of Ninja 300s and R3s that come back to the shop for their first service, for their second service. <laughs> and they look really scabby because they've been down the road a couple of times and they look like hell. Yeah. But they're brand new bikes. So, you know, a dull sport makes perfect sense because if you drop it, guess what? You're into a couple of turn signals and maybe a gear shift. If that. Or and even, you're down the road and it looks great. Let's throw the F650 in there too. Yeah. yeah. Or, ooh. Versus. About, no, I was going to say, <laughs> well, they got well, the, the new versus small or the new BMW GS300. Yeah, they just uh, made a 300, didn't they? Yeah, but you know what? I think cost-wise, that's, that's going to be up there. the steep side, yeah. Um, versus as ubiquitous. Uh, hey, I'll tell you what it. I rode last week. Oh, do tell. A Ducati Scrambler 400. Is that the new one? Yeah. Oh. The um, one. And it <coughs> rides like a 400. It's, ex <laughs> it's very sweet and very smooth, but really very slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Most extremely shit. expensive. Yeah. You know, I'd really have to think twice about dropping that so kind of coin a, on a 400. So it's a genuine Ducati. It's a real Ducati. <laughs> but very pretty bike. Nice. I like to see that bike, uh, that motor in a dirt bike frame. That'd mm. be pretty sweet. Um, hey, and I have another quick announcement. We've got calendars for sale. Have we really? Do we have any? Uh, I haven't seen them. Uh, they are out and about, Knock. I haven't seen I them either. I want to see them. Let me see them titties. Them. No. <laughs> are they titties? Uh, there are calendars uh, for sale. My titties are in it. So if anyone else out there would like to order a calendar, I'm going to tell you how you can do it. This is where it starts to get... Call strange. Mike on his personal line. First of all, <laughs> here in the States, they are $20 shipped. And here's what you do. You PayPal $20 to uh, Mary. And it's her email address is marytolula at gmail.com. And I'll spell that. It's Mary, M-A-R-Y-T-A-L-L-U-L-L-A-H at gmail.com. Or it may just be Mary Tall Ol Ah. <laughs> that makes it easier to remember. That, that's not. So you said twenty dollars to Mary. <laughs> Mary put a lot of work into them. Well, though. They came know, out great. And she will send you a calendar. Yeah. And there are some very good photos, and there are some. Um, oh, we'll put those in the show notes too. For some sure. photos mm. that I laughed out loud. Yeah, I'll just say. Sure. Yeah. I will just laugh out loud. So. Um, so you have seen the completed calendar. I have. I have. I have. I have. She's I seeking therapy now. I want to see. I don't own one, but I have. Then what's the point? Let me. I want to see them. I don't have one. Oh. 
I I haven't gotten mine yet. All right. But I it's like I, the, I it's pulled like the rank Chi-Chi and demanded on scene. It's like, it's like the Chi bar yes. knock. If you want to see, you got to pony up to cash. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. Mary will throttle anyone who sees it without buying one <laughs> before the Christmas party. It's a secret. I know. But um, yeah, just to let everyone know, uh, this is the week for Christmas, and uh, ho, we're, ho, ho. we're not going to be having garage next week or the week after. But thankfully, we already recorded our Christmas podcast, so we're, we're still the- going to be releasing a podcast podcast every sunday and we have the christmas party coming up and we have our christmas party coming up which is guaranteed fun which we've been very busy building trophies for there's a lot of trophies are we, are we recording for that we are not oh we are not okay. it's gonna be video it'll go up on YouTube. oh that's even worse it is even it, worse. it's the podcast version of the yule log on tv <laughs> <laughs> hashtag norway exactly but um i think we're wrapping everything up uh yeah. dion yeah. You did. Did you have any announcements or anything you want to share? Have you? Are you still trying to get people uh, to fund you? Oh yeah. Um, well, always looking for funds and always um, looking for followers on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I moved all my names over to Steon Campbell Racing. It uh, actually now own that as a business, and that um, it's. I got a tax write-off on everything, so I have the license for everybody that helps me out. You can write it off as an investment purposes. You're officially a non-profit? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So is it Dion Campbell on Facebook and Dion Campbell on Instagram? Uh, Dion Campbell Racing. Dion Campbell Racing. Yeah, so either one, Instagram or Facebook, you're just Dion Campbell Racing, and I pop up. Um, I'm also on Twitter as well, so... uh, the more the followers, uh, the easier it is to sell to higher in cash sponsors as having a, a higher following. Um, but always looking for um, friendly donations as well. That's my biggest sponsor was uh, for last year was friendly donations and people nice. helping out and um, my friends helping out and fans. So yeah, oh. if you want to follow and help out a uh, up and coming racer who has the discipline and skills yep. to make it, um, really check out Dion Campbell and it's D E I O N and Campbell with a P C A M P. B-E-L-L. Yep, just like the soup. We're looking forward to seeing you back at Laguna, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited this year. They got um, Laguna, and then they also added Sonoma. So, oh, um, cool. And, cool. And, and we have the, to camp Yeah, the, the cool thing is, is um, <laughs> Sonoma, Sonoma, they're big. Uh, Sonoma's really big in AFM, so yeah. Um, I've actually have some track time on at this track, so uh, I have a setup. I have everything there for that that track. So I'm, and my times at the AFM races are really close to the high end 600 super sport times there when I'm is. racing the cool. super stock bike. So hopefully I'll be up there and hopefully take over a overall win and not just in my class. Excellent. Right cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, good luck to you, buddy. Good Thank luck you. for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think the only thing left at this point is if, if people would like to contact us. Where can they find us, Zach? You can find us online at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, <laughs> on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at... 831-291-5112. All right. <laughs> We're finally getting this Zach bot thing down. <laughs> 
I haven't heard from him yet. I don't know if he <laughs> knows we've we've stolen his his voice. We got to get a lawyer from his estate or uh, a letter from his estate. Please cease and desist. I know exactly. I know. Last picture I saw, they were carrying him out of the uh, what is it? Porticos at Phil's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Porcos. Yeah, Phil, Porco. Phil, Phil broke him. Bar oh, one. God. Zach, nothing. Did so. Um. I want to, yeah, I thank everyone since uh, we're getting towards the end of the year. Man, this has been such a big year for us. We've gotten so many new listeners, some great followers. Kind of bananas, we, isn't it? We we got Emma joined us, and now the Emma's Army. Yeah. I mean, are, are, you, are you saying you can only go downhill from here? I, I think no. we've reached the bottom, Knock. Yeah, I think we have reached the bottom. But yeah, I mean, it's been a huge... The Misfits have been... Pivotal in 2016 for me. Hey. Did you think? You know, I didn't even know you guys existed at the beginning of the year. Well, well and that, that's exactly my point. Is that you know I've always told people it's not so much that we're promoting our podcast as much as we're just promoting. Hey, podcasts they exist. Check them out. What time? What time is the show on? <laughs> but I think that there's constantly more awareness, um, a bigger and bigger audience coming in, and if. People are discovering podcasts, and they like motorcycling. They they tend to come find us, and it's just amazing to me that there, a lot of people go through our back catalog and listen to everything, which is embarrassing to me because <laughs> we had really poor audio. Uh, but you know, it's it's been a growth for us, and we're continuing to grow. We're continuing to. We might want to get that checked out. <laughs> we're continuing to <laughs> improve uh, our answer. equipment to come up with new segments like Emma's History Hole. Um, we're going to be adding extra bonus episodes. Uh, we have all these Patreon subscribers. Thank you, Patreon. Um, the Facebook page has just been amazing. How much. Uh, interaction we have with a lot of people there. Check us um, out on Instagram. It's just been such a huge year, and so I guess I just have to, you know, thank all of our listeners for that. Yeah, it's been really fun. We appreciate you listening to us. Yeah, exactly. So just you know, spread the gospel, tell your friends about us, and and not just us, but you know about what, podcasting. If you have other podcasts you like, tell them about that too. Start your own fucking podcast. Start your own garage. Wait, this is what we want you guys to do. Yeah, you know, that's you know, we've covered so many times what we see as the future of motorcycling, being electric bikes, and I think the future of broadcasting is podcasts. True. I really do. I mean, I think as a media forum, it's unbeatable. Well, and and I know that, and I think Dom can back me up on this. We're very fortunate where we are here in this part of California that we have access to, you know, racers like Dion. And, right. And to not just that, but, you know, ex-racers, uh, all-stars. Um, uh, we've got, you know, AMA Hall of Famers. We've got CEOs. We've got uh, people who organize events. Uh, yeah. So much here. Just, uh, yeah. If you want to make something happen, that, you I can't believe that we are nearing 180 episodes, and most of that has been focused on what we can access here locally, and we Mm -hmm. have a laundry list of upcoming stuff. Not just that, but we've got a lot of people, listeners, emailing us with suggestions, and now that we're expanding our format, we can start doing some uh, phone and Skype interviews, we're going to be expanding even more of what we can do in the coming year. Absolutely, and as a reminder, if anybody wants me to cover a subject for Emma's History Hole, Send it in. I'll research it out, and I'll I'll yak on forever about that shit. I don't care. 
<laughs> and you'll put Nitrous Chris to sleep. Um, you know what? I I'm think I'm going to record a few lullabies for Nitrous Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're ready to wrap up again. Yes, Thank sir. you, everybody. I appreciate it. It's been a great year. This is Liza. This is Nock. Naked Jim. Emma Darling. Dom. Michael Kane. Quiet man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. And we got over there. In the peanut gallery. Dion. Bill. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. There's never a wrong time to be masturbating.